friends and our worship team this evening uh, as we continue uh, even during this pandemic to seek to bring uh, some semblance amen of normalcy as it pertains to the kingdom uh, to you in various forms using the technology that's available to us we're grateful to God this evening amen uh, I think it was mentioned in the in the uh, pre-service prayer how we are so grateful for life uh, there's never been a time I believe in in, in uh, most of our lives lifetimes where we've been so surrounded by death but to know that we serve the true and the living God and uh, he has spared us yet again and we're so glad to be in the house of the Lord I want to say good evening to everyone Bethany that is watching in particular can't wait until we get back together here at the Impact Center. So looking forward, amen, uh, to our coming together again in worship and in praise. And we know that it's not about merely returning to a building, but it's about returning, amen, to times that we can commune with the Lord Jesus together. And so we want to prepare ourselves for, for that time and prepare ourselves for when we come back together in worship. Tonight, we're turning uh, in our Bibles uh, back to James chapter 4. Uh, we've been moving through this particular passage of Scripture uh, for a few weeks now uh, in James chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at verse 8 tonight, James 4 and verse 8. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about what it is that we're going to talk about. James 4 and verse 8. Uh, we want to look at a particular portion of verse 8. Uh, we've already talked about uh, this initial portion of this verse where uh, the writer James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And where we will focus this evening, he says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want to read that last portion again of verse 8. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want to talk to you tonight, and this is just part one of this particular message that we're going to begin to look into but I want to talk to you from those two verbs, cleanse and purify, cleanse and purify. Uh, uh, more specifically, I want to begin talking tonight from the thought, cleanse your hands, cleanse your hands. Now, several things I believe that we must keep in mind as we move closer to completing this series of messages uh, that we've started here in James chapter 4. The last message uh, that I, 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 I was doing some reflecting today and I realized that the last message that I was blessed to, to teach here uh, at the Impact Center was on Watch Night uh, 2019. The last message that I taught 2019 was practice what we've preached. Practice what we preached. And in that particular message, I sought to exhort you to become a, a, a congregation that embodies what has been and is presently being taught. Uh, it's not enough for us to continue to just hear 
uh, one message after another message with no intent of applying or practicing the things that have been preached. And, and then uh, we said that we don't simply want to be a, a, a group of people who hear the word, who merely hear what is being said, but we want to be the kind of people that become doers of the word. The first message I, I was blessed to, to teach in 2020 was allowing the father to have his way. And the aim in that particular message was to encourage each of us to truly allow the father to have his way. Amen. In and through our lives. You know, many times as believers, we, we will say that, especially if we get in a moment of desperation and prayer. We will say to the Lord, Lord, I just want you to have have your way because we've already asked him what would have been our way. And we haven't gotten that. So we resign ourselves to saying, Lord, have your way. But but again, uh, we stated to you how uh, the this particular message was us saying to the father sincerely and, and, and from a, a place of truth that we wanted him to have his way in our lives. We noted that as the word of the Lord came to us saying that, that he would do no more or no less in this ministry than what the leaders and the people allowed. And from there, we have attempted to chart a course uh, from the word of God that will build this assembly, this household of his people into mature spiritual sons to the father. You see, we're not merely after having uh, uh, people in the seats or members on a roll, but we want to see individuals become mature sons to the father. And, and we know that God intends to raise this church into being an apostolic sending center, a base of operations if you will, for exporting New Testament realities here, near, and far away. Amen. Most recently, as we have been navigating through the impact of the coronavirus upon our ability to do things or to do those things that align with God's revelation to us, we have sought to continue to urge the saints to remain a people, listen to this, that believe God and who live by faith regardless of what it is that we're going through. That's been the encouragement, amen, that we, that we remain a people that, that believe God and, and have decided that no matter what is going on around us, no matter what's happening to us, what may be taking place in us, glory to God, that we are going to be a people that continue to live by faith, amen. We, we have sought uh, to instruct and to impart to you revelation from God's word from, from, from several subjects. We talked about being confident in the Lord. Amen. We talked about choosing the good part. We shared with you from the message, from the subject, Lord, remember me. Amen. And I think somebody needs to be reminded of that tonight, that the Lord is not only mindful of you, but the Lord will remember you. Uh, it may seem like because of, you know, some some adjustments or some changes in your life that you are being forgotten. But the God that we serve, he has perfect memory and he knows those that belong to him. Uh, we, we exhorted you from the thought worship over worry. Amen. 
uh, because none of us, and we still don't know when this thing is going to end and what it's going to include for us and our household, but we made an unqualified decision that we're going to choose worship over worry. It, it doesn't mean that worship, that wor worry won't approach our homes, won't walk up to our doorsteps and ring our bells, and we'll see them on the little video camera. We'll know that it's worry, amen, and we'll know right then to not let worry in but to choose worship yeah. over worry and then uh, most recently we talked about an amazing church yeah, yeah from first Thessalonians we tried to encourage all of us amen to set our hearts on being that kind of church an amazing church and and we spoke to you about what makes us essential you know the thing that makes the church essential is not what we do but why we do it and we know what makes the church essential is us bringing glory to God that men will see our good works and glorify our father who is in heaven. We talked to you last week about biblical church membership from Titus chapter two, how important it is for us to have quality members. Amen. And, and doing the, the things of God and the work of the Lord. And in this series from James chapter 4, we have shared the Lord's word uh, from the subject, submit to God, resist the devil, and draw near to God. Tonight, we want to press further into this passage. Now, keep in mind that James was not writing to those who were not in relationship with the Lord. These were believers. He addressed them. Amen. In, in, in James chapter one, uh, he taught in, in verse two, he calls them my brethren. Amen. So he was not talking to people who did not have a relationship with the God of Scripture. And, and, and at the same time, he was releasing a divine corrective evidently to those who needed it but were blindly aware of it you know sometimes you need to make a change but you don't know necessarily that that change is something that you need to make unless the Lord send you a word unless the Lord give you a vision unless the Lord somehow captures your attention but it was just like James was saying and I need you to capture these four words because they're going to be important for us as we prepare our ourselves to return to, to, to the house of God. But the four words are regroup, refocus, recommit, and return. It's just like James was saying that. It's like he was saying that, that, that you need to regroup and you need to refocus. You need to recommit. And, and lastly, you need to return. This was a corporate corrective. Amen. And rightfully so, because when God looks at us, God doesn't necessarily uh, 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 limit himself to seeing us as individuals. He sees us corporately. Amen. God, I believe, is, is uh, more greatly concerned for the corporate man. And, and, and not only does, does, does James issue this, this corrective, this corporate corrective, but he labels them in chapter 4 and verse 8. After having called them brethren in chapter one and verse two, he now calls them sinners and double minded. Amen. Now, imagine if 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 I called you that. 
uh, after you spent time with the Lord in prayer this morning and, and you've been reading your Bible, come on, and, and you've, been, you've been living a holy life all day long and you've been speaking in tongues for a little while and worshiping him and then the preacher have the audacity after having greeted you as, as brethren to now call you a sinner and then question, amen, the, the, the level of loyalty that you possess in your heart. This is what James is doing. And, and, and so, but what does that mean? That's what we want to uncover tonight. He, he had pre previously, now he, he was, James at some point just pulled, took off the gloves. Previously, he called them adulterers and adulteresses. Friends of the world. Now, mind you, he had called them brethren at the beginning of the letter. Now, he's labeling them adulterers and adulteresses. He calls them friends of the world and then he even has the audacity to say that they are enemies of God, not to mention even identifying them as a bunch of proud church folk. Amen. And what he was, what he was actually doing is diagnosing their condition. And I think the appropriate question is how, based on the scripture, are they to remedy the conditions that James is identifying? James gives them 10 commands for all y'all Bible scholars. He gives them 10 commands and they are all verbs. You remember uh, uh, Schoolhouse Rock verb? That's what's happening. We can't go into that tonight. Some of y'all remember. But, but in verses 7 through 10, he gives them 10 commands that are calls for a specific, definite, decisive choice. In other words, he says, do this now or do this at once. Do this once for all. Uh, engage in one quick action in contrast to commanding them to engage in something that requires a habitual action. James says, you need to do this right now. You need to take care of this at this moment. The commands that James gives, they carry a sense of urgency. Somebody say urgency. In essence, he's saying, get it done or focus on the first opportunity to complete it. And he's saying to them, make these things priorities. The initial command he gives them is to submit in uh, James 4 and verse 7. He says, therefore, submit. Everybody say submit. This is the initial command. He says submit. This is not only the initial command, but it is the fundamental requirement. Amen. And must be obeyed before the others. In other words, if you don't submit to God, you will constantly struggle in your obedience to him. And so James says the first thing you need to do is to submit, to surrender, to subject yourself to his lordship. Amen. And then he also counsels them, he counsels them to be a people of humility because the humble person, as James speaks of, in, of this in context, and not the proud individual will, will submit and they will obey. The proud will not submit. The proud will not obey. But the humble will and so biblical, true humility is a prerequisite if we're going to engage in these things that James is teaching. So far, we have spoken to uh, three of these. We've talked about submit to God. We talked about resist the devil. We share with you uh, what it means to draw near to God. 
We have covered these three commands in addition to uh, reviewing the general context of James chapter four, verse one and six. But tonight our focus shifts to uh, these two words, cleanse and purify, cleanse and purify. The portion of the verse again reads like this. It says, cleanse your hands. Everybody just look at your hands real quick. You know, we've been using so much hand sanitizer, hand wipes. We're going in the stores now with gloves on. Come on, y'all. Uh, we washing our hands 20 seconds. Say A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, happy birthday. Whatever we've been doing to make sure that our hands are what? Clean. But tonight, I want to talk from the scriptural aspect of this. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Some might ask, why is James so adamant about these things? My answer remains consistent. Listen to me closely. Or, or why am I, rather, not James, why am I so adamant about these things? My call and I believe the call on this ministry is to prepare a people who are mature and complete or perfect in Christ Jesus. Those who come to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So James, I believe, was seeking to cause believers like you and me to live the life of mature faith that we say we possess as we embody the Christ who we are to become more and more alike. All right. So he commands them, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So let's see what James is saying. The word cleanse is the, the Greek word katharizo, katharizo. It, it comes from a root word, which means pure, which means clean, without stain or without spot. Uh, it, it, it also carries the meaning to cause to become clean as from physical stains and dirt. It means to cleanse from filth or impurity. So when we clean our hands, we're cleaning our hands from filth and impurity. But this 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 group of words, amen, uh, that are related to this word conveys the idea of not only physical cleansing, but religious and moral cleanness or purity. Amen. It means to be clean or free from stains or clean or free from shame and free from adoration. Amen, somebody. Now, figuratively, this word in the Greek, katarthrizo, referred to cleansing from ritual contamination or impurity. In a similar sense, it is used of cleansing lepers from ceremonial uncleanness. Remember when Jesus uh, healed the lepers, he told them to go and show themselves to the priests because they were still under the law. And this was a part of that process for being uh, being deemed clean. It, it is also there are other figurative uses which describes uh, the purifying or the cleansing from sin or from a guilty conscience, thus making one, listen to this, acceptable to God and reestablishing fellowship. So to clean our hands is a picture of us making ourselves through this purification or being made acceptable to God and reestablishing 
fellowship. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. You really need to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 and 18 uh, for, for, for promises to those who cleanse themselves or who cleanse their hands. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and in verse 1 it says, Therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse, everybody say cleanse, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. See, this is not telling you to pray to the Lord, Lord, clean me from all filthiness. This is saying if you got garbage in your life, don't expect the garbage man to come into your house and take it to the curb. You got to clean that trash up yourself. So Paul says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. And here are the qualifiers of the flesh and of the spirit, the human spirit, doing what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. One of the things that we're going to see the Lord return to the body of Christ before this pandemic is over and even after is a reverential awe of God that is going to cause the people of God to return to a place of holiness. When you look in the Old Testament, especially in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, when the people of God were being brought out of Babylonian captivity, one of the first of four things that they re-engaged in was holiness to the Lord. And there are so many folk who believe that they can live any kind of life. Let, let me read verse, verse 16 through 18 for you. I need you to see this. The Bible says, and what agreement, this is in chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, we know that he's not talking about a physical temple. He's talking about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the question is, what agreement should your physical body, you as a temple of God, have with idols. There should be no other God before the God of glory in your life. It says here, uh, for you are the temple of the living God. I just said that. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is, this is a promise from the Lord. Therefore, he says, what does it say? Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. This is a part of the cleaning or the cleansing. He says, do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. So these hands can't touch everything. Because we're going to see in a moment what these hands afford me. I can't afford for these hands to become contaminated, corrupted, or compromised. I need these hands to be clean. Just lift your hands wherever you are and say, Lord, I need some clean hands. He says, he says and I will receive you. Now, notice this. If you don't touch that which is unclean, the Lord says, now I will allow you to have fellowship with me. He says, I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. There, there we are, says the Lord Almighty. Somebody say amen. Now, 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 I want us to see in the word of God why it is so important that we keep our hands Clean. Now, you got to you got to get a picture in your mind for all the things that you can do with your hands. Like you can earn money with your hands. You can cut deals with your hands. Come on. Uh, you can cut some corners with your hands. Right. So let's go, first of all, to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter one. Amen. And let's look at Isaiah chapter one. Let's look at verses 15 uh, down through verse 17. You really need to read all of Isaiah. 
chapter 1. Amen. Anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. Clean hands, Lord. That's what we want. Isaiah chapter 1. Look at verse, verse 15 down through verse 17. He says, he says here, when you spread out your hands. Now, that's a picture of praying. Amen. When you spread out your hands or when you seek to engage the Lord in prayer, he said, I will hide my eyes from you. Does everybody see that? Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear you. Why? Your hands are full of blood. Verse 16. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead, he says, for the widow. Amen. See, those whose hands are unclean are disqualified from the favor of God and God will not hear their prayers. Man, I, we don't have time uh, to, to read it tonight, but I, if you would go back and you would read in, in Isaiah chapter one, I mean, the things that the Lord is saying concerning the children of Judah and verse two, how they had rebelled against him. He says the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. He was saying they, they in verse four, he says they have forsaken the Lord. In verse five, he says that the whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. There's no soundness in it in verse six. But then he makes a promise to the remnant. In verse 9, he says, unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. In other words, it may not be everybody, but there are some people who are keeping their hands clean. Amen. Amen. Let's look at another verse. We don't want to have unclean hands that disqualify us from the favor of God and will cause him not to hear our prayers. Go to Psalm chapter 73. Psalm 73. This is another. You want to read this entire Psalm 73. You know, David had a way of when he opened up the Psalms, a lot of times he was discouraged. And in Psalm 73, I want matter of fact, let's look at verse one. He says, and we'll get to verse 13. He says, truly God is good to Israel. Truly God is good to you and your house. That's a good place to shout. He says, look at this, to such as are pure in heart. The Lord is good to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, now David's testifying, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Now, why? For I was envious of the boastful. He was looking at the wicked. Now, I need you to see this. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, it got so bad till when you get to verse 12, David says, behold, these are ungodly who are always at ease. Lord, they're not living for you, not a lick. But seem like they never have any trouble. They don't go through things. Everything always working out for them. They increase in riches. They don't pay no tithes. They don't give no offerings. But they increase in riches, in material goods. And David was so 
fixated on them. Look at what he said in verse 13. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. You mean to tell me I've been keeping myself clean and they've been living dirty. But it seems like they're prospering and they're advancing and they're getting all the promotions and they're getting all the breaks. And here I am keeping my hands clean. Lord, I might as well get my hands dirty. That's what David said. He says, for all day long, verse 14, I have been plagued. God, this has been bothering me all day long. I have been chasing every morning. But look at verse 15. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. I understood the end of the wicked. See, David was wondering if having clean hands are in vain when he compares himself to what appears to be the prosperity and the success of the wicked. Now here, let me tell you this. Do not allow covetousness and envy to make you dirty your hands. So you can have what the materially successful appear to have. Because see, when David came to himself, if his hands had been dirty, he would not have been able to come into the sanctuary of God. But you ought to thank the Lord you got clean hands. You might not have all the money. You might not have all the prestige. You might not have all the material goods that everybody's got. But you can get into the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. That is right hand. Hallelujah. Pleasures forevermore. I mean, if you, I wish we had time, but if you were to read the rest of uh, 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 Psalm 73, I mean, David, he says so many good things that are only, amen, uh, uh, what is available to those who have clean hands. Amen. Um, let's read verse 21. Just. 21, let's read a few of these verses. He says, thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. Because he's got clean hands. He could continually be with God. You hold me by my right hand. If God is holy, he's not going to take anybody by the hand whose hand is not clean. But David said, you hold me by my right hand. Lord, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do. I can't dirty my hands like the rest of the world and try to get over and play games. But you got me by my right hand. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me, he says, with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Let's keep moving forward. Go to Job. Job chapter 17 and verse 9. Job 17 and verse 9. And when we get there, we're going to see that those with clean hands grow stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Job chapter 17 and verse 9. Amen. And, and, and I want to say this even before we read the verse. I mean, you got to imagine. Look at what he says in Job 17 verse 9. Yet the righteous will hold to his way. In other words, I'm not going to dirty my hands because somebody's got to get rich quick scheme. I'm not going to dirty my hands because somebody is presenting me something to do with my hands that's going to advance me, if you will. No, the righteous will hold to his way and he who has clean hands, look at what it says, will be stronger and stronger. 
Go, go back to Psalm 18 and verse 20. I hope this is helping you out tonight. We want to keep our hands clean. I need you to hang in here with me. Psalm 18. And, and, and then let's look there at, uh, at verse 20. Look at what he says. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Look at this. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. Now, we know we don't have any righteousness of our own, but God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right. But but look at what the rest of the verse says. He says, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. That word recompense means reward. It means to restore things back to those who have clean hands. I think that's a good word for right here in the pandemic. You might have lost some things. You might have a cutback in hours, a cutback in pay, but the Lord restores, he recompenses things back to those who have clean hands. That's a good word. Hallelujah. Psalm 24, look at verse 4. I want to get this into your spirit because I think we are in a season where we've got to keep our hands clean. We can't allow our hands to touch filthy things, unclean things. Psalm 24 and 4 says, he who has clean hands Come on, say, that's me, Lord, and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. Well, what's so important about this? Look at verse three. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? The Bible says the person that can stand in that place, that can ascend into the hill of the Lord, are those who have clean hands. Those who have clean hands are authorized to ascend the hill of the Lord in worship. Oh, we're going to get to 1 Timothy in a minute, but we, when we come into the house of the Lord, we got to lift up holy hands. Without wrath and without doubt. Anybody can lift their hands, but the Lord is looking for clean hands. He's looking for holy hands. Psalm 26, and look at verse 6. Look at what he says. Psalm 26, verse 6 says, I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord. See, those who desire to go about the altar of the Lord must be those who wash their hands in innocence. You can't let your hands be instruments of trouble and troublemaking, right? right? Causing guilt and creating evil and wrong situations. Let, let's go uh, last place, amen. Uh, let's go over here to 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 8. I just quoted it, but let's, let's look at this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. And look at what he says. Paul was instructing on prayer. And we said earlier, amen, when we looked at Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 15, that lifting our hands is symbolic of offering prayer to the Lord. That's the posture. So Paul says here, and uh, he says, I, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. How? Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. So when we pray, we lift our hands, but we lift up holy hands. These were not hands that stole something that didn't belong to me. These were not hands that are still fighting. Come on, somebody. These are not hands that are doing things that are ungodly, that are unjust, that are unrighteous. So hands speak of our deeds, which are in our hands are employed for carrying out good works or evil deeds. 
Amen. And so we need to make sure that we keep our hands clean because faith without works we know is dead. But our faith can't just create any kind of work. It needs to be work as unto the Lord. So I believe that the condition of our hands will affect three things. The effectiveness of our prayers, the quality of our worship, and the eternal impact of our work. The effectiveness of our prayers, the quality of our worship, and the eternal impact about our work. See, in terms of effectiveness of our prayers, if our hands are not clean, God will not hear us. And I don't know about you, I want my prayer, my prayer life to be effective. So Lord, help me have some clean hands. In terms of the quality of our worship, we just looked at scripture. And so if our hands are not clean, God will not accept our worship. We can know all the songs. We can know all the postures. But if our hands are unclean, we just looked at it in scripture. He will not accept our worship. And then in terms of the eternal impact of our work. See, if my hands are busy with the temporal, then what I do now will have no value then. If I'm only focused on making a living now, working to acquire and to have things and stuff now, and we're not against things and stuff, glory be to God. We believe that God will bless us and God will prosper us, but that's not the focus of our lives. See, when we stay busy with the temporal, including doing what we do as unto ourselves and unto men, but not as unto the Lord, God will not reward us. So I got to be careful with what I do with my hands. James, he calls them sinners and not brothers, brethren. Amen. Calls them sinners and not brethren. This word sinners uh, in, in the Greek is an adjective and it describes a person who is continually missing the mark. Amen. One who is devoted to sin and thus lives in continual opposition to God's will. That's the way that James, he uses that word here. So what, what, we, what we have together tonight, if you use your hands in dirty work, in evil deeds, instead of works of faith, you're behaving more like a sinner than a saint. So I got to watch what I do with my hands. See, because cleanse, when he says cleanse your hands, what he's saying is live like someone who believes God. Because those people who don't believe God, they'll take matters into their own hands. Yo, y'all ain't helping me preach it here. They'll take matters into their own hands. But I would rather live with clean hands so I can live out of God's hands and not mine. So let me close with this. Here's how we work this word. Now is the time to cleanse ourselves of all worldliness. Whatever these hands, just lift your hands. Whatever your hands are capable of doing to get you into evil, to get you into sin, because you know you can dial that phone with these hands. You can spend certain monies with these hands. Come on, there's a whole lot of things that these hands can do that are outside of the will. These hands can get you into so much, they will hold a remote and turn a TV, television to some channels you ain't got no business watching. Y'all ain't, 
Y'all don't like this kind of preaching in here. I can't get no amens. Facebook, y'all better help me out. They, they won't help me here in the sanctuary. You know, now, these hands right here, it's time for us to clean our hands and pursue holiness as to the Lord. So wherever and however, amen, you have allowed your hands to become polluted by the world. It could be the magazine that you hold, the book that you read. I can't hear nobody. Could be the head that you're stroking at night, and now one of y'all married to each other. Hallelujah. Gluttony is a sin, so it could be raising that fork too many times. Now is the time. Clean it up. Take hold of purity and holiness and press into the presence of the Lord. We'll, we'll get into purify your hearts uh, whenever the Lord says. But let's start with our hands. Lord, we want to have, we want to have clean hands, holy hands, sanctified hands. Hands, when we lift them in prayer, you hear us. Hands, when we lift them in praise, you receive us. Hands, when we engage in the endeavors of life, you will reward us. We're not looking for men to do it. We're not looking for people to recognize us. But you gave us these hands. And Lord, I'm praying now in Jesus' holy name. Release an anointing on the hands of those who have faith to receive from you tonight. Give us the grace that will cause us to keep our hands clean so we won't be seen as sinners. Wash our hands tonight. Purify our hands. If we've been touching unclean things, Lord, we want you to deliver us from that so you can receive us. I pray, God, that these same hands will from this moment on be used for your glory, for your praise, in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you to make us who it is you want us to be as a people. Tonight, you're talking about our hands. Next time, your will you're going to talk to us about our hearts but we're looking forward to returning not to a building but to Jesus Christ we don't want there to be anything that keeps us from his presence that keeps us out of this closeness that we desire in him so father we surrender ourselves come on just lift your hands and worship him for a moment surrender ourselves we lift our hands that's as a sign of surrender God we, we're just giving you our best worship our best praise we lift our hands we offer it up to you for some it's a sacrifice of praise somebody might be hurting somebody may be grieving the loss of a loved one just lift your hands and give it to him father take it out of my hands I'm entrusting it into yours tonight. In the name of Jesus. Somebody may need direction. Come on, offer unto the Lord holy hands that he can take you like David said by your right hand and lead you and give you counsel and give you guidance. 
There may be somebody you're tired of feeling like you're worshiping outside of his throne room. The Bible tells us that the one who ascends to the holy hill of the Lord is the one who has the clean hands. Wash their hands. So Father, we want that to be us. That we can come into your presence. That we can give you honor, praise, and glory. That every time we pray and we lift up our hands, we know that you hear us. When we lift our hands in worship, we know that you receive us. When we engage in kingdom endeavor, we're not looking to anybody else because we know that you will, you will be the one that reward us. So Father, we thank you for this. In Christ's holy name we pray. Church said together, amen, amen.